to save him. Right, hello and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast. Today we've got a treat for everyone because everyone's been ever so well behaved. We're going to sit and have a little chat with one of the most infamous members of the No Holds Barred Witchcraft family, the little group we've got. And of course it's Will. So, hello. Will. Hello. You go by a number of names. Many I of do, which I don't know whether you're aware of. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to start with uh, something that I actually listened to you talk about. Because um, I know you've got a page where you've been doing some videos and stuff like that, instructional videos and talking a little bit about your practice. And sometimes I've been giving advice to other practitioners, maybe trying to... Uh, hammer a couple of hammer a couple of nails in and the one that i was amused by which is the last one i listened to was this thing called mcdonald psychics <laughs> and i was wondering whether you could explain a little bit about what you'd consider to be a mcdonald psychic to be and whether it differs from maybe what we would consider because that's a nice, gentle topic, you know, <laughs> to start off with. <laughs> I would say for me, a McDonald's psychic is about 90% of the practitioners that I stumble upon to out here in the psychic community. 20% so, did you say? Oh, I said way up more than that. I'd say closer oh, okay. to 80%. Oh, 80%. Uh, way up there in, in, in the higher range of numbers. If, if it's anywhere less than 80%, I'd say that you're in a very magical community. <laughs> very much so, very much so. Usually about 1% of the people that I meet are actually doing something. Mm. Uh, you know, for me, a McDonald's practitioner, and I won't use the story that I want to use, we'll say that for oh, later, why not? of a very good example, would be to be showed a fate, right, or an event. Now, let's say you're running your tarot cards, and your tarot cards are beating you up, right? You're getting a bad reading here that something awful is coming. If you do not do anything to that besides go drink your coffee and cry, you're a McDonald's psychic. Uh, the, the next steps should be from there is finding out what direction that's coming from, and where it's coming from, and who all is involved with that. Is there any way that you can change it? Now, the one McDonald's psychic that I love to use his, his example all the time, he did do a couple extra steps. So he wasn't like a basic number one mcdonald's psychic you is know but no it is not <laughs> this is a uh we can find this person in storybooks Ooh. we can find him in storybooks so you know uh he did do a very good job at trying to evade that fate once or twice but no matter to what availed some fates cannot be changed so knowing the difference between a fate and a destiny also becomes important uh, to be able to know what you can fuck with and what you cannot um you know so when i see people with store-bought tarot cards when i see somebody with store-bought tarot cards or even better store-bought runes store-bought runes well, i see store-bought runes that come from etsy 
And then I see people trying to work these runes just like tarot cards. This is McDonald's psychic access. They will not speak to you. You are completely making stories up as you go, which is a good method for tarot to get involved. Uh, it is for that internal access, you know, but when we come to, uh, for me in my path, uh, true divination comes from the trees, uh, comes from another source that has higher access to you that can see things a little bit differently than you. So being able to move around a little bit deeper into my session. So if I was to do a rune casting and they showed me something, I would pick those runes back up and throw them again on that specific question and we would start to hone that shit in you know what i mean hone that in because typically uh, i don't know how a lot of other people work but when i get a rune casting i may get two or three topics some of those topics may even be speaking and crossing upon the same subject matter you, you know so really it's up to the practitioner to dive deeper and submit to the runes submit to your card i think that's where we move over from mcdonald's psychic to a psychic psychic is when we submit to ourselves and we submit to our tools and we allow that to just continue to flow deeper. Do you not think that a lot of McDonald's psychics submit too easily to their tools and just do what they're told? <laughs> uh, yeah, and that can also be a little bit of an issue too. It's a double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, you've spoken about the, the runes and everyone I think in the groups probably thinks of you as a master of the runes. Do you use cards at all? Or have you ever used cards at all? I did say I would do full disclosure. You did. Okay, I have recently joined the dark side. And I do have a set of cards. However, they're not a set of cards like you would think. Um, I'm kind of a snoot. When I, I think snoot might be a bad word for it. I'm very cautious. Uh, about uh, what I allow access to, uh, what I want access to. And when it came to cards, I needed a tool for myself, my soul, my spirit, my overall essence. And, you know, when you're working through uh, empty cards or ruins or something, there's other seats in there. There's other things that are available that can take that and come in and pretend to be you, these type of things. Mm -hmm. I made my own tarot deck. I know it's not, uh, nobody loves to do that sort of thing, but I made my own tarot deck in a language that I understand and I absolutely love it. Um, and for me, I'm glad that I took on that project because I had to feed those cards. I had to link them to myself. I had to work through them. And you know, now that uh, my psychic development is a little bit too hot, um, I can tell when something is seated. I can tell when something is holding energy, not like I can see, I can feel that in this astral depth of space. I can pinpoint exactly where it is. Uh, and it was amazing for me to watch my tarot cards come to life, uh, to be to start emitting raw energy to where I could close my eyes, spin around and go find those that deck and I can pull that deck out and use it. So I do uh, have a tarot deck. You would not be surprised to see that there are runes inside of the tarot deck. There are. Uh, but I also have a mixture of planetaries and I have a mixture of certain trees that I happen to know. Uh, and those trees are kind of like what I think you would call your majors. Uh, they put me onto the topics of what the reading is going to be. For instance, if I pulled my tarot deck out and my Aspen card falls out, I know I'm dealing with some sort of battle, some sort of war, some sort of fight, which war I've got an issue going on, uh, so on and so forth through the different trees that I know. Now, those are not connections to Aspen. That was a hard 
thing to do to be able to make a card for Aspen that was not connected to Aspen, that was connected to me, uh, so that I could be put into the right topics and categories. It was a huge project for me. Uh, it wasn't something that was done overnight. Uh, and I protect those cards very dearly. They have a very special uh, covering on them uh, so that nobody else can accidentally get inside of my cards. Well, the thing that I find stands out, because you've said some very interesting things, but I think the thing that might stand out to a couple of the McDonald psychics out there is that that deck didn't come with a book. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. I don't think any of them should come with a book. <laughs> <laughs> I I have not to agree. Them, yeah, <laughs> why? Why get a book for that? Why why not just call the number of the company and ask them what's going on in your life? Uh, you, you know that uh, you know a tarot card. I, I've played with other people's readings, and I do that a lot online too because nobody does their shit. Sorry, uh, if your door's wide open, I'm going to peek. Um, you know, so being able to read other people's runes, if they are live runes, I can typically kind of read them. Uh, I did start dabbling trying to read other people's cards. And I have to say that the cards hold a great playground of work. One single card, one single tarot deck to get lost into that card to see what story. It's like a run. It's stop looking for what, what does it mean? Submit yourself to the run and let that rune's flavor come out and paint that picture. And I've noticed that your tarot decks do a lot of the same thing if you allow it. Uh, they will give you that inner access. But, you know, when you're picking out your books, and oh, what does this card mean? Oh, the devil's coming. Uh, you know, you're not, you're only getting face value of your cards, which is McDonald's psychic level readings, face value. So if someone because this is what we get a lot of, and I normally I normally tell them all the same thing, but I'd be interested to see what your take would be. If someone comes to you and they says, Mr. Rune Master, well, obviously you know- First, a lot I don't like that title. <laughs> don't like that title. It, it's it's kind of nasty in my mouth. No master of runes that I am. I have a great understanding <laughs> of them, uh, but, I got me feeling like the one-night man over here if I start calling myself <laughs> the master of ruins and take all the credit for them. Uh, my credit goes directly to the trees. So what they're going to do, obviously, is ignore that because that's what they always do. I think we're in the same boat, aren't we, Chris? Doesn't matter how many times you say, they'll just ignore it because they feel you know more than them. Therefore, to them, you appear to be a master, whether you take on the title or not but the next thing they'll do of course is ask can you teach me how to mm. read runes is what they normally say they don't want to be taught the runes they want to be taught how to read the runes so if someone approaches you do you fob them off do you give them a textbook lecture or do you indulge what what would happen if someone approached you with that question it depends on where in the timeline you asked me said question. Okay. So say now, it was... if you were to ask me said question, I would most likely brush you off until one of my runes stood up and told me, yes, you, know, uh... you need to help this person. Uh, and I say, damn it. And I go over and I start working with this person. And, and I start with where they're at with their basic understanding. Um, 
you know, the problem with giving somebody a book, which I've worked on things, I've shown Chris some work that I, I've tried to pull up, is, you know, a single run is like a library. It's not a mm. single one word type, type kind of deal. And in order for that relationship to work to read them, you must know that spirit. But do you tell them to do that? Do you tell them, yes. to, do you say, well, don't go fucking buy Go find a tree. Go find a yes. tree. That's what I tell them. I say, you want right. to learn the runes, you go outside right now and you say out loud, I would like to learn the runes. And you wait. Because, you know, 90% uh, of these people, uh, even I would even be willing to say 90% of the people listening to this podcast have awful protections. Uh, mm -hmm. They have no guards on their psychic highway. So therefore it will work for this because everything hears you, your thoughts uh, <laughs> when, when you're out here. And that's a little scary when you think about it, you know, but still you, you are seen, you are heard. So when you can't hide from the trees, bro, <laughs> uh, you know, there's not a lot of places you can hide that a single tree is not going to pick up on you, going to see you and kind of hold that data and thought. And these trees talk to other trees. And they also talk to bigger spirits that reside in certain branches that are not that tree spirit. But they specifically... Um, don't forget the mushrooms. Uh, they're, they're a separate entity. They're a separate kingdom. Uh, we cannot group those two things together. They are very close with one another, but they are absolutely they like from two different chat, kingdoms. Though. They do. They, do they have a very that. close relationship. But they also have a very close relationship with the Fae as well now, don't they? Mm. So would it be something that you would say, because this is something that we've had to, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which way you look at it, address very, very rudely, I think, is that if you were serious and you actually wanted to develop some sort of relationship with runes the worst thing you could do would be to go and buy a set of runes like those no nice i think the i think crystals. the worst thing you could do i think the worst thing you could do is to go out and bleed on them at the gate <laughs> the worst thing you could do is go and bleed on them mm. okay controversial topics coming up how deep down the rabbit hole do we wish to go because i can go pretty deep down this rabbit hole i don't know chris where where are we going is there a structure to this rude um, uh, okay okay up. well let, let's get I'll, I'll stay on topic let's go back to the worst thing you could do would be to buy a, a, a set of store-bought runes uh, yes yes this is okay. true yeah one you're looking at either dead runes or b you're looking at who inside of those runes and you know you don't know these answers until you meet other trees mm. and i have to thank chris for that uh chris took me away from my first and single set of runes and it was not easy was it christopher it no. wasn't it was an issue that i was stepping away from older lots and you know when the other trees started to come in after about a year of working them i mean actually working them you begin to find out that the willow is absolutely different than cedar and cedar is absolutely different than the elders and the elders they ain't the aspen oh man they're not uh you know and so when we start to to see the flavors of these actual entities come out in your readings i cannot use my elder lots for random people i cannot uh, my elder lots, they believe that your mundane life, your branch that you're in right now, the ego, the Will Gaskinsness of me is irrelevant. Do not waste your time with questions upon that irrelevance of a, of a topic. I will be punished for it. I will receive kickback. 
Now, my pecan ruins, though, she's my love and light chick. She loves to talk about your life, loves to bring up your shadow work, all that stupid shit, uh, loves to tell you that you're sad and she wants you to be happy. Um, and so I'm grateful that I found pecan because I use her a lot in my room. She's the first one and foremost that comes up uh, that likes to speak about things. If you're buying your runes from somewhere else, who the hell's in them? What's their personality? What topics do they like to speak on? What right did they even have an access to speak on said topics? I can tell you that Aspen speaks on war because she's a warhound. She knows all about it. You know, so I go to her for those type of which war type of things. Well, I think a lot of them, certainly some of the ones that we've seen before, often speak of children dying in mining accidents because they're the people that pluck the little crystals out <laughs> and the little yeah. kids in the sweatshop carving them. <laughs> Which is why you probably notice we don't sell them. <laughs> but yeah, so obviously you still, I believe, do consultations and stuff like that for people so people will approach you how what percentage is it kind of mundane people with their mundane problems versus magical people with magical problems i would say um the past three months my practice has taken a turn and thank the gods i've gotten rid of most mundane people uh right. i've scared most of them off to where they <laughs> i'm too dark for them uh, yeah. way too dark you know unless you talk about angels there they don't want anything to do with it which is great for me um, I would say for the first for the first year and a half of working the, the community of the world, I would say, because that's thanks to the Internet. I'm not stuck in small town world. I've got clients in Ireland. I got clients in Norway that have came mm. up, uh, Europe, uh, India, uh, all over the world that the gods have taken me, the trees that guided me to these people to help them. Most of them were all mundane Pinterest witches that. And, and, you know, my topics for the mundane Pinterest witches, they're all the same. Psychic mm. development, protection, that's not your guardian angel that's next to you, okay? That's not your fucking granddad. That's right here next to you. You need to learn that. You need to see that. You need to be aware. And that was the biggest message that my runes were, were, were pushing. And I'm over here making good money, you know, doing this. But I kind of felt like that's why I put content out about mm. psychic highways. Because when we start to see a common occurrence in my readings in a certain group, it's my job to just mass produce that, to say, hey, guys, save your $40 for my session. Go watch this video real quick. Unfuck yourself. Work on some projects and then come back into the session and, and let's have a session now. Um, now I would say that 90% of my clientele are real practitioners. They're real, they have real problems that they've, they've messed up somewhere along the lines. Typically it's deity work. Mm. Typically, typically it's deity work, which goes more towards storybook worshiping uh, that got themselves in some sort of a bind. Um, and it's my job to see that. Uh, thankfully I have the elder lots that love to call things out. Like, and you got to think when you work with a spirit that likes to call things out, you're the one calling them out. That's you. It's not the tree. Uh, the tree doesn't stand up and say, yeah, I'm talking about you. No, nah, bro, that's up to you. Um, now that you called it out, that spirit's pissed. You know, this is, these are things that we know that, that when we come into psychic development, when you take away that I can't feel anything to where I can feel something approaching and you start to Helen Keller that out and scan that out like a blind chick, when they don't want you to see them, that's a problem. That's when that energy ball just starts to move everywhere but where you are, you know, and you're like, and you can start to call out problems. 
because if okay. you really have a spirit that's working with you, they want you to see them. They want you to work directly with them and nobody else. So, you know, when you got hiders and roamers, you're going to get yourself into trouble. So when you do have spirits that you've called out that get a little upset, let's say, what happens then? Because do you find that they take things out on you? Do they see it as a revenge they need? Or is it just a case that they want to shut you up? Um, it's a mixture of all of those. Okay. And uh, I've never had more battles than doing this type of work on this topic that we're talking about. <laughs> how would so, you, you know, I, approach I... it? Because <laughs> we want a story, honest, right? obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I usually throw them in a bottle to think about it. <laughs> you know, I give them some time to cool off, and sometimes I forget about them. And, you know, time, is, time isn't exactly linear. So I don't really feel bad that I don't come back to see you for another eight months. It really depends on how you treat me. You, you know, if, if uh, I don't have to be talking with you to work with you. I think we all kind of know this. Uh, I can jump on your psychic highway and work everything in your area really without you knowing about it. So this whole comment for access, y'all bullshitting or you trying to make people feel better. I don't need questions, okay? I, I just need to know that you either have access or you don't. Some people don't. Some people are completely shut down. I have a magical key for those people. Uh, but, you know, aside from that, we have, to, we have to work these things. So when I'm working in my session and I'm working with my runes and a rune calls out a bad spirit, and then I'm like, hmm, then another set of runes come up and I'll set those aside and I'll pull those in. That spirit's now with me watching. These are two-way roads. Uh, what is with them is now with me. And the same goes vice versa. What is with me, if I have helpers, can immediately be with you in an instant. Um, if you attack me, I'm putting you in a bottle or worse. I have another place, but that's like Ooh. maximum security. Uh, you know, uh, cause you know, with prisons, we have to think we've got to maintain these things. They have to be maintained. I'm even so much about to start charging rent fees on prisons because a lot of people just want to come through. So, I mean, if I have to remove something from you, I'm probably about to start charging you a storage fee for my little mini prison. And if you don't want to pay the storage fee, I'll gift it back to you uh, if you did not want it. You know, people have a big problem with they'll come to a shop for help that they're in the worst position of their life. They're terrified. They're feeling all this energy. Their whole world's falling apart. I come in and in two seconds, I got, it's gone. They forget about it. And then time goes on and they forget about the scary situation that they had and they're back in the same situation doing. So we have to learn as we evolve too with our practice. Am I really helping this person by actually helping them and getting rid of them? Or would I be helping them or by teaching them to do it themselves? Or Which comes into another problem. I used to think that everybody could do what I did. I'm not mm. fucking special. And that's a hard pill for me to swallow that not everybody has the access that I do. And some people have access that I don't. That's why I like groups. I'll bring y'all in. Uh, let's go on a raiding party together with everybody's special <laughs> gifts. That's when shit gets real is when you have two, three actual witches that walk up, things get very interesting. So with the clients and client problems, whether it's magical or mundane do you ever have to take a look at yourself and really stop and think am i get am i doing too much for this person because i've seen that happen i'm a little cold-hearted obviously it doesn't happen 
a huge amount to me all that much but it does still happen every now and then that I do feel maybe I'm doing too much maybe I'm making it too easy for a person so how do you kind of navigate that because it's going to be on an individual basis I know because it will depend on the person or well every once in a while you have to take your superhero cape off mm. now I, I I have to use that term because if you're doing any real witching it doesn't take long for you to feel like a superhero that, that you're doing way more than anybody else is you're you're working through client after client you're removing problem after problem you're helping spirit after spirit and you know that's when the real practice starts to happen is when you're actually working and doing readings directly for spirits um that's where things really start to change um you know i had to realize real soon i am no hero these people don't give two shits about me they do not uh, which is where we start to turn into this phase of charging for our services. Uh, you know, and when you start charging for your services, you lose a lot of clientele. You know, a lot of people, they don't want to pay. But then again, what good is it to show somebody a fate if they do not wish to change it? That's the whole purpose of my shop is to change fates. You know, it's yeah. to, to not only be, they, they tell you something for, out of all the things that could have been brought up. We talked about this. Out of all things, that a mm. deity, not, not all of my rooms are deities, but I got two of them that are. If, if they showed up and said, hey, you need to know this, well, that's, that is the work. That is the work. That is the big event that has been blessed upon you to know, uh, to be able to make a change to that. And if you're not going to do the steps required to change that fate or intervene with it at all, the trees don't like that. They won't work with you anymore. They won't tell you anything anymore. There's no point in it. Why, if you're not heeding their wisdom or their words or their guidance or their counsel, why would they give it to you? You're Which is special. the same for clients with you as well, because if you keep getting the same people coming back with the same problems, at some point you've got to come loose. Because even yeah. if they are paying, it's a waste of time because you can find someone else that's going to pay, that's going to actually do the work, you know. But unfortunately, I don't know whether that's just this day and age or whether that's just humans. That there seems to be a lot of people that kind of like the idea of being in trouble to the extent where actually they're too scared to fix their problems. And that's the scary bit that the problem might actually be fixed. And that always kind of. Well, I tell you, when you're behind the wheel, the helm of your own ship, mm. it's a little scary, isn't it? Mm. When you're the pilot, when you're the captain, uh, then now things we start taking on uh, the words people like to really talk about, but in real term, which is taking responsibility for your actions, isn't it? Mm. So have you got any little projects on at the moment then that you're working towards yourself? Any explorations you're doing, miniature projects, big projects, anything like that? Obviously, feel free to discuss as much as you want. And don't tell okay. them everything because we need to add a little bit of mystery. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did do a post on the holds bard last night, uh, okay. kind of a little bit of introduction on a really big project that I'm on right now. Um, there comes a point in your practice, at least for me, that we hit a ceiling. Mm. And, you know, and, unless you're slamming your head to the top of the roof, you don't even know there's a ceiling. If you're sitting in your armchair reading your books, uh, yeah. there's not much of a ceiling. It's a world of wonder and bliss and all this other stuff. But when you actually start doing, you start finding out where your limitations are, where you burnt yourself, where you went too far. Uh, I am stuck on a project right now of understanding. 
Um, I work a lot with human spirits. I do a lot of transitioning with the spirit in my pine runes. Uh, he is the keeper of lost souls. So we go, he puts me to find lost and stolen souls and we help those uh, miserable little shits out and we get them to where they're supposed to be going. Um, I have sent people to a lot of different places. The spirit world is vast. It was the importance of why the funeral procession was kind of a big deal was so that mm. we had guides that could return us home appropriately. So we didn't get lost and we didn't get stolen and we didn't get collected. Um, I cannot understand a certain aspect of underworlds, the afterlifes that I'm sending people to and the higher aspects and faucets of my soul. So I cannot find these answers in a book. I cannot mm. find these answers talking with anybody. And guess what? Can't find these answers with the spirits that I know here because where are they? They're mm. here. They don't fucking know. These spirits that I meet, they're the same collection of memory as when they died. Uh, exact same collection and ego, thoughts, you know, these type of things is when they die. They have no awareness of their higher self. Um, and I hate that term, but it kind of fits for the description that we're using right now. Uh, so I am actually getting ready to journey again. I did uh, a journey several years ago that got me to this stage. Uh, and, you know, now I'm getting ready to journey again, um, but I'm going somewhere specific. Uh, there's a lot of underworlds. There's a lot of pantheons out there to go visit. Uh, it's a vast world. One can get lost. And if you don't have a destination, you can place it to feet. This is the first people that I met on my first journey, a very terrifying experience. So scary, it took me out of the path for five years. I hid, you know, pretending like the world didn't exist. No, those aren't real, uh, you know. Uh, so I am preparing for a journey. Uh, it is not just a jump in the dark room and disappear off to the journey. It's taken me the past month and a half to really uh, – break down every faucet of what I'm going to need on this journey. And I'm just about prepared. Uh, I have one more.